Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to this Sunday edition of Heritage Bible Radio, where this week, Pastor Jim Harris finished Chapter 5 of the Book of Mark, where we encounter two more of Jesus' miracles in Galilee. By the end of this chapter in Mark's Gospel, we've now seen Jesus forgive sins, something only God can do. We've seen him demonstrate his divine authority and power over sickness, over demons, and now even over death. Yet despite these proofs, the Jewish religious leaders rejected him. And Jesus began teaching in parables so that those who rejected him would still not hear and understand. What should we be concluding at this point in Mark's gospel? Well, Pastor Jim will offer some thoughts on that and what we can take away from both Jesus' demonstration of his power and authority as the Son of God, as well as the various reactions of demons and witnesses and religious leaders that claim to know God but rejected God's Son. But nothing they could do could remove the powerful validation of Jesus' message, the gospel. Here is the final slice of the sermon entitled, Power Over Life and Death. So what happens next is an irrefutable piece of evidence that Jesus is indeed what Mark says that his gospel is all about, showing us that he is the Son of God. Look at it starting in verse 40. They began laughing at him. The word laughing implies derision. Now remember, where are they? They're at the house of Jairus. Who was Jairus? He was the leader of the synagogue. Who controlled what went on in the synagogues? The Pharisees. Jesus is on enemy territory here. He, Peter, James, John, and Jairus are the only believers there. They're laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, that's Aramaic, transliterated for us, which translated means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk, for she was about 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. Here's where Mark is the only one that includes the Aramaic words. Talitha is a feminine form of lamb or youth. And it's like a term of affection. So like little girl, little lamb. Kum is an imperative meaning, meaning arise. And as in all other instances, when Jesus raises somebody, he addresses the person who's raised, not just the, not just the body. He brings that person and the body back together. Now, never forget the standards of healing that was set by Jesus and the apostles. We went over this earlier in Mark. Every healing was always instantaneous. It was always complete. It could be done with a word or a touch. In this case, he touched the little girl. Uh, the, the woman touched his garment, or he could just speak a word. 
Um, it wasn't always even done in the presence of the one healed. He could do it by remote control. Um, and it includes raising the dead. That's why we say there is no one alive in this century who heals in the manner of Jesus and the apostles. Not one. Not anywhere. Um, but in our world, there's, there are many who claim to be able to do healing. It's just that they can't. Because of the power of psychological manipulation, because of the reality of psychosomatic illness, there can be some apparent results, but never is it. Everyone who comes anywhere, anytime, with faith or without faith, any disease, and instantly and totally. That's the standard. There are people around in, in these days, there's actually a, a, a movement called the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, and in those circles there are claims of resurrections going on these days, but there's, there's never any evidence. You can never find the interview with the person who was dead last Saturday and now they're alive. You can't find that. Can you imagine anything like that happening anywhere on the planet these days that there's not even one cell phone that can record it? Especially when they're boasting that they can do it. There is actually a dead-raising team among NAR circles. They, they claim to have, formed 12, uh, to have performed 12 resurrections a few years ago. You just can't find the evidence. It's easy to claim. It's easy to say your sins are forgiven, but can you tell the paralyzed guy, get up and walk? You see the difference? Stay away from groups that run in those circles. It is spiritual poison. Um, a huge influence around the world is the, the network called Hillsong, the Hillsong Churches, preaching a false gospel, preaching false miracles, false wonders. Uh, out of uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California comes another one, and, they're, and they're, they, they spread a lot of what they do through their music, um, Hillsong music or um, Jesus culture that comes out of Bethel. They do really well done music from a musical standpoint, but with spiritual barbs of poison in them. So if you see those names, you see Jesus culture or Hillsong, don't listen. Don't listen. My recommendation is don't listen to that stuff. We won't play it here. We won't sing it here. Our youth ministry won't play it, won't sing it, we won't spread it, we won't do it. Why? It's the bait under which is the hook of heresy. Jesus has everything you need, but there's nobody today doing what he and the apostles did by way of the signs and wonders. All right. Admittedly, that was a small side trip. Back to our text, verse 43. He's raised her now. It says, And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this. And he said that something should be given to her to eat. Oh, I love that last part in there. It's kind of like he said, Well, I just raised her from the dead. Now don't starve her back to death. Okay? Give the girl something to eat. That, that, that implies he was intending for her to live on. Back to, back to normal for her. Now, 
It's another one of those things that may sound strange to us. He just did this fantastic miracle and says, okay, don't, t- don't talk about it. Don't tell anybody about it. I think what's going on there is that he knew that news of this could not be completely withheld. I mean, there's a huge crowd of people. When the messengers walk up and say, she died, they'd all heard. Then they could see her walking around. So it wasn't that the miracle had to be hidden, but um, I'm sure that he didn't want to spread that until he had left that area because news like that could stir up his Jewish opponents in Galilee to seek him out and try to kill him prematurely. We'd already seen one time he told a man to be quiet and the man went and told a lot about it and Jesus had to change his plan for a while. He couldn't go to the cities and the synagogues. He stayed out in the, in the countryside. So he's probably trying to prevent that. And as we've seen before, Jesus wanted to be known for bringing the gospel, not only as a miracle worker. The miracles validated his message of the gospel, the good news of salvation from sin because of the atonement that he would make. And um, just like he showed compassion for that woman with the hemorrhage, I'm sure he was concerned that the girl and her parents would be made the center of a ridiculous amount of curiosity and sensationalism. What a day that was. Those two miracles intertwined. Just let them stand for what they mean. What are they all about? They're about the same thing that every passage in Mark is all about. And Mark told you what they were going to be all about in the very first verse of this book. He says, and this is like the title, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. So don't just say, wow. I mean, say wow, because that was a wow afternoon in the life of Jesus. But don't leave it there. That's the Jesus who not long after these events would go to the cross and die for your sins so that you can be reconciled to God. So we would echo the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In our sins we are alienated from God. Like that woman was ceremonially unclean and not able to worship in public, we are Far worse, completely alienated from God. One way back, it is Christ, the Son of God. And He is the one who has power over life and death. Heavenly Father, thank You for that power of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You for Your wonderful goodness and grace and sending Him that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly, that we might have forgiveness and it is total, that we might know your grace and stand in it every day. Lord, you know every heart today, all of our needs, all of our desires, indeed all of our sins. We pray that you will have your way with us today. Please do what needs to be done in each of our hearts.
where there needs to be confession and repentance, make it so. Where it needs to be something that has grown lukewarm, needs to be warmed up again, do what needs to be done. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.